When Life Hands You Lemons, Make Lemonade. When Life Hands You the Pandemic, Buy Crypto. That's my motto for this pandemic, and I'm sticking to it. This is The World According to Kyle podcast. How's everybody doing? I myself happen to be feeling good on a Wednesday. AMC is up and rocking and looking like it's ready to go to the moon. I couldn't be happier. I'm free rolling some uh, shares of AMC. Truth be told, it's the first stock that I ever bought. Uh, so pretty stoked about that. Uh, currently, has it gone to over 70 yet? I'm recording this on a Wednesday uh, after the markets closed. AMC went up uh, significantly, it doubled, uh, uh, smashed its all-time high. Uh, let's see what it's at right now. I think it closed at like 63 and shot up to almost 70. I don't know if it's quite at 70 yet. 68.18. Not too shabby. Wondering if the squeeze is still on. That would be really nice. Yeah, like I said, it's the first stock I ever bought. Uh, the meme stock craze kind of uh, captivated me after I seen what uh, the potential was with uh, GME. But I didn't get into GME because I was late to the bandwagon. Quite frankly, I'm not going to buy it after it's like at 300. So I decided to go on the next one, which was um, which was AMC. And for sure, Catella was my first stock that I bought uh, because uh, totally botched, totally botched it. Um, bought it at its like absolute peak when uh, in uh, like the January February area when it was uh, when all the uh, when GME was really popping off and the other meme stocks were starting to pop off. Uh, I bought that. I bought this one. Um, I bought it. Uh, I bought it at like. Uh, Average cost is thirteen fifty. I bought it at an average cost of thirteen fifty, basically. Which I mean, if I would have waited literally like a week, I could have uh, realized that it was uh, the squeeze wasn't quite ready yet, and then I would have to wait a few a few months. I could have picked up the stocks at uh, about five dollars, but hey, you live and you learn, um, and that's what happens with volatile stocks that. Um, are only um, getting inflated due to uh, are are getting inflated inflated artificially, I should say. Uh, but hey, man, I'm I couldn't be happy I couldn't be happier. Feeling good on a Wednesday, like I said, uh, my stocks uh, uh, my stocks in AMC through the roof right now. I already uh, made made sure I wasn't gonna lose any any money off of it. I'm just waiting to see how <laughs> how high this pup can go. So uh, it's a pretty good sign that it's picked up recently, smashed its all-time highs. Um, we'll, we'll see. This is a very delicate situation because of the uh, because of like the potential for Robin Hood or uh, legislation or who knows uh, a lot of variables involved in this. But I think the reason I got into it is because it'd be foolish not to after seeing what happened with. Uh, with GameStop, um, the one thing I'm like worried about is that if um, if uh, there's like a um, 
delusion, uh, deluding of what could potentially happen uh, with the AMC stock because it's split between these two other stocks, uh, between GME and uh, BlackBerry and a few others that maybe the uh, may, maybe the squeeze worked out so well for GME because uh, it was the first one up and. Um, you could already see with AMC the hedge the hedge funds were getting uh, were getting wise to um, knowing when to sell off at the right time so that the number would uh, would close below uh, below a certain number. Um, I think maybe right now that um, that uh, uh, even though they're woke to what's happening, they kind of maybe can't prevent it. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens, but I think maybe uh, that it's a little more diluted. It's not just everybody all on this one. Like ideally, how it would work out is that uh, people would squeeze, pop the stock, and then uh, move on to the next and uh, move on to the next one because it's already reached a certain point where uh, you know paying like a hundred, even a hundred or two hundred dollars per uh, per share for a um, for a stock that's valuation valued at like 20 or less that, that, that it's a little bit, it's a little bit crazy to, uh, to do that. So, uh, ideally I think people would just move on to the next one, but there's so much like FOMO and people want to say they bought this and, uh, and trying to beat a dead horse, uh, but um, we'll see. I'm still optimistic about what can happen with uh, with AMC. Um, I guess we'll see how it plays out in the next couple of weeks. But, uh, hey, I couldn't be more ecstatic sitting here on Wednesday with uh, AMC nearly at uh, nearly at seventy dollars and with a few free roll with some free rolling shares that uh, how high how high can they go? That's that's a question. Other reason why I'm feeling good on a Wednesday is that uh, Doug Ford finally uh, located his balls and uh, and did what he should have did fucking a year ago and uh, closed the schools. So uh, this virus can be somewhat uh, somewhat uh, uh, contained. But um, hey, like there's no there's no need to go on for another couple weeks of uh, spreading potentially uh, new variants of this virus. And uh, for anybody, any uh, anybody who is uh, I had my I had severe criticisms of Doug Ford, uh, but I mean, I can still say I can still say that and not politicize it. I have a problem with people that are. Um, politicizing uh the this pandemic and trying to um trying to say oh it's just this guy it's just that guy trudeau has botched many things uh, uh has got many things wrong about this pandemic and uh his, he had a refusal to step up uh when when he could have he has been he's been hiding a lot more from the people than uh than Doug Ford uh, was. Meanwhile, Ford finally comes to his senses on the schools. But what explains? So, where do you explain all these? Because uh, this is not what you're telling us before. All of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, you're trying to tell us that um, that 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 you don't want it to spread. But okay, well then, why were they opened in the first place? You had a whole summer to prepare for uh, schools, but 
you went in with the mentality that they were the uh, last to close and the first to open back up. Doesn't that seem problematic based on uh, uh, based on just the numbers of keeping people inside, fucking spreading the virus to each other? But no. So who's going to answer for the bullshit uh, pseudoscience they're presenting as expertise? Uh, through this past year that they were using to uh, control people. And you want to argue the kids' mental health? Okay, uh, is there a way we could retroactively figure out how many tens of thousands of people more died than it was necessary just on the sole decision to keep, to keep fucking schools open? So you want to argue mental health. How about the physical health, actual health, health that's based in... Uh, that's based in actual science and not uh, bullshit um, speculative pseudoscience. How about how about that? So you're wanting to uh, uh, stand on a high horse and say Doug Ford is uh, is to blame for this and trying to uh, isolate and politicize a pandemic. Trudeau kept the borders open. He kept flights from China coming come, coming in because he was too afraid to seem like he was racist. I'm just glad somebody stepped up and uh, has shown some form of leadership that doesn't involve having uh, his balls locked in his wife's purse, because that's what it feels like has been happening. We've been ignoring, uh, ignoring science. We've been ignoring evidence all uh, for children's mental health. When what fucking child do you know that is excited to ever go back to school? You tell me that. It's definitely more of a men mental health. Uh, it's definitely more negative towards mental health to have children uh, going to this fucking brave new world slash another brick in the wall uh, style of education. It's insane and it shouldn't have happened to begin with. But at least maybe we can keep uh, the case numbers down and tell everybody's vaccinated and uh, maybe like this year won't be a total write-off fingers crossed but uh here here we are here we are anyways just get that out of the way um see uh we just passed may and this is supposed to be me putting a bow on the month that just passed and uh you know what i can you know i want to create a holiday uh in may i got a feeling it might catch on um so the holiday would be called may the weebs not be with me please for the love of god <sighs> now i noticed uh, people trying to call out someone online who was blasting the may the fourth be with you day in my opinion uh if you have a right to parade some low-level uh hollywood crap around and create an entire day around it then somebody else has a right to blast you for doing that End of story. And besides, Star Wars is an incredibly overrated movie. The robots act more like people, and, and the people act more like robots. Uh, and it's just not well thought out, and it doesn't belong in the same breath of like legendary sci-fi films. Uh, and I would not want to create a day over any of like the great films that I liked either. I think that's a little too much for, uh, <laughs> for a fucking, uh, for, for a movie, uh, even like say if it was as great as 2001, a space odyssey or something still should, I think, a do, does a day need to be created around that? 
I think it's cheesy and it diminishes the movie's impact. But Star Wars is all about action figures and um, not necessarily about creating good movies, about creating a kind of culture uh, around around it uh, in order to sell, you know, more uh, action figures. (sighs) So, hey, I know you guys go on Twitter and... uh, does Twitter ask you if you actually want to read the articles before you share them? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I noticed this for the first time. Does anybody know how long uh, Twitter Twitter has been doing this? I just wanted to have this thing on my uh, timeline and go back and read it later. I was busy at work, so I went to I went to share it without uh, without actually reading it going and wanting to go back to it later on my timeline and then pick it up and Twitter. I think that's a, <laughs> that's an interesting move. Uh, would you actually like to read the article before presenting it as your uh, thoughts? Not bad. Not bad. I like the flex Twitter. Now, maybe if you could uh, maybe triple quadruple um, six times the uh, character count, then maybe we'll really start cook, start cooking on Twitter fucking ridiculous when somebody has to uh tweet thread like 30 uh like how how unnecessary is that until until that until that gets fixed then uh, then twitter's always on my list you know what i would love i would like love love i would love to literally jab anybody who refers to getting vaccinated as getting the jab and it's always these news fucks, these uh, uh, co- uh, coming up over 60. Are you ready for your jab? And trying to uh, trying to uh, have a euphemism or something for uh, getting a shot and getting vaccinated to make it seem like, you know, what? I think you should just get jabbed for uh, for suggesting that it's getting a jab. <clears throat> All kinds of things going on. Um, so we ended, ended last, uh, TWA 2K, uh, where I gave some advice on, uh, on, uh, no, I did not give financial advice. That is what happened. I did not give financial advice. And, (laughs) and my advice was to sell Bitcoin and to buy XRP. Now, little did I know the complete uh, market would uh, crash. But uh, if you took my advice, my not advice, and sold your uh, and sold your Bitcoin at the at that time, you would probably uh, be thankful right now because uh, uh, because it, it was the right move. And while you would have took a loss on the XRP, I still think it has more potential uh, to provide a significant return uh, on your investment than Bitcoin, like uh, as it stands right now. Uh, the entire crypto market is crashing because it doesn't have solid leadership. Like it's uh, people see it and they kind of still see it as like this kind of gangster sort of like underground uh, <clears throat> uh, thing. And that's uh, because there needs to be another leader that steps in to uh, the, crypt- the crypto market. And uh, all these fucks like uh, Anthony Popliano and uh, Michael Saylor, Michael Saylor's comments were literally, uh, I'm, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's just like, sell your house and buy Bitcoin. He's saying whatever you can do to get as many Bitcoin as you can 
while it's at like 65,000. He's telling you to fucking sell your house. How good would you be feeling right now if you sold your house and had fucking Bitcoin and then it, and then it halves on you. And a funny time right now also for Domino's Pizza to start saying that there's an option for people to receive their, their paychecks in Bitcoin. Damn, Domino's paying people in something that's actively halving. And I thought minimum wage was bad. Jeez. So that's kind of the, the state we're in. And I don't want to go too far into uh, into the, the problems uh, with other cryptocurrencies right now. I want uh, this episode I want to kind of dive into and uh, get into uh, some of my positions uh, in cryptocurrency uh, at the at the moment. I think we dove into um, XRP uh, a little bit on the lat on the last one. So uh, I'm going to start uh, giving a couple other positions that that I do have and um, XRP is by far my most uh, owned crypto right now. It's my highest leveraged uh, asset. Um, and even during the crash, the crash, uh, the crash happened and I'm still up uh, somewhat on it. I, um, I got my XRP at an average cost of, let's say like 85 cents, eight, 80 cents. I bought every piece of XRP. <laughs> I bought the dip. I bought the FOMO. I bought the come up. I bought the, I, I bought the bears. I bought the bulls. I, I, every single step of the way, there is some form of <laughs> XRP that I entertained buying. I think I've even bought it at, uh, at, at $2. Um, it's just, uh, it's just when you like, when you think it has such a, a, a potential, like I don't understand why you would uh, buy Bitcoin at like 50 K and, uh, and, and leverage uh, most of your assets into that. And when something like, we're just waiting for a lawsuit to get wrapped up and we can actually test the true value of XRP, which fingers crossed, hopefully it gets settled in the next couple of weeks or else we're, you know, looking at uh, maybe the end of the year for the lawsuit to be settled. But I'm good either way. I'll buy the I'll, I'll buy the dip when it uh, I'll buy the dip again or uh, before um, the lawsuit gets settled. If they actually do not or no, sorry, not before it gets settled, before a verdict gets uh, gets reached, if it gets pushed to that point. And I'm comfortable either way. But I don't see like how you don't think this can't can't bear minimum 10 times this year. Can Bitcoin 10 times this year? I don't think so. I just think uh, there, it, it's like it's it's like the you know Sears right now trying to compete with Amazon. It's just like they're uh, like it's a there are way superior products than than Bitcoin, and its value is largely speculative. Speculative, and the whole digital gold uh, narrative is starting to kind of fall apart too because. Uh, the reason gold is a is a store of value is because like it's a precious metal. Like people actually like to have it. It's uh, it symbolizes wealth. Like what the like that the like owning just computer code. That's not anything like that's really important. It's uh, uh, it, it's just very. Um, 
very superficial. It's a, <laughs> and, and it really doesn't, you're not, um, you're not doing anything better by having it. I just think it's a highly volatile uh, asset to be playing around with. And these people who are out there uh, uh, who are over shilling and overconfident in it just because of its price. I mean, <clears throat> crypto is a very, uh, uh, a very strange place and uh, things can go up very fast and things can go down very fast. And uh, if you're, if you are advising anybody, to leverage uh, most of their portfolio into Bitcoin, you are absolutely insane at this point, uh, seeing how it has absolutely no utility, no use case, and uh, uh, and it and it's just fucking. Uh, it's not gonna. It's not useful as a store of value. Besides, superficially, another Bitcoin problem. Uh, why create extreme scarcity? when it's not absolutely necessary why create uh, a, an arms race when you have the potential it's like saying okay instead of me uh getting unlimited internet uh i'm gonna pedal for uh each uh each gigabyte of uh of data of data i'm gonna hop on a bike and, and pedal out each fucking each fucking bit of uh bit of data that i'm allowed to each gigabyte of data i'm allowed to have uh, so that's, that's kind of how I, how I see it. Uh, it's kind of seems at this point, like it's going to be like the largest pump and dump in the history of humanity. Uh, like gold is a precious metal because it's a finite res resource. If you can make an infinite, then why make it finite? Like the other thing people don't understand is that what did we learn from the dot com bubble besides absolutely nothing apparently well uh what we should have learned is that names don't really mean shit the reason that google is successful is not because it had a great hype squad okay so these people who are insane shills do not listen to them just assume everybody uh has their own self-interest in mind which they do and only listen, only listen to facts, research of facts, and uh, and you'll come to the same, and you'll come to the same conclusion that you're uh, going to be over leveraged in a very volatile asset, and that's not something uh, that I'm going to plan on doing. <clears throat> so basically, after this, uh, after this lawsuit, we're waiting for uh, XRP in or, uh, to see its true value. It's already got a ton of partnerships throughout the world. It's seen as a solution, not as a problem. Right now, uh, what what are you going to create an arms race for uh, for Bitcoin? What happens if uh, China buys over half of the Bitcoin and is and is mining them? And what a redundant uh, use of like computer power to just sit there and guess uh, random encryptions until until it unlocks. It's just there's so many better uh, better assets to have. Like, <clears throat> why not have something which has a super high uh, uh, super high quantity, a super high escrow, but is uh, is getting rid of it slowly, or each transaction uh, is getting is getting rid of some. Like with uh, SafeMoon. Now, SafeMoon is another uh, is another. Uh, coin that i that i have uh that i have a lot of 
And uh, I just, you have to look into the, the protocols of it and the tokenomics. Uh, it's, uh, uh, so every time, um, every time you participate in a transaction, there's a certain amount of uh, safe moon burned during that transaction. So uh, even though they have, a, they have a high, high amount of escrow, which they do, uh, some is getting burned on literally every transaction. Like here, let me uh, pull up. Um, okay, so on a 24-hour cycle, uh, this and it was a, a cycle of heavy activity for Safe Moon. It's called the burn report. So they burned on this on this one particular day. They burned 0.033%. So 3% or sorry, 0.3% of, uh, of their total of their total. They burned in just one day in a 24 hour period, 136.7 billion burned. And it was a particularly high volume day. But uh, so even though they have uh, they have an insane amount of uh, escrow. That's not going to be like that forever. And just holding, uh, holding Safe Moon and say five, ten years down the road when there's significantly less, you're buying right now at a at a very, very cheap rate. So Safe Moon is another position that I am leveraged in. Uh, also, I just picked up this random altcoin recently that has been uh, that has been nice for me. It's uh, called Hodl. H O D L, which uh, great name by the way. Love the love the name. Hoddle is kind of perfect for uh, for like generating kind of like a meme value and a meme culture around it. But the thing that uh, uh, I liked about Hoddle was not the fact that it was just named Hoddle, but uh, also its protocol. So. Uh, so when it burns, um, when it, uh, after each transaction, it burns a certain uh, amount, and uh, that amount ends up going back to the uh, hodlers, the uh, people who own hodl. So it's just owning hodl gets you more hodl. So let me pull this up. So uh, I had like um, three billion hodl. And um, so, uh, so on the 21st, I had uh, 3 billion, 81 million, et cetera, et cetera. The uh, next day, I had 3 billion, 90, uh, 90, 90 million. So it went up, it went up 9 million just on, on a day to day basis because there was, there was a lot of uh, transactions uh, for this cryptocurrency in particular. The day after it went up another eight million, and the day after that it went up another eight, it went up another eight million. So simply just by just by doing nothing uh, and people participating in transactions, I'm getting I'm getting more hodl back. And to me, that's the interesting thing about crypto is the uh, is a protocol like. Uh, you you have to you have to pay attention to the to the pro to the protocol and what the coin is actually doing because there's a lot of really interesting um, interesting coins out there and sure you know I 
I did the meme, uh, the meme coins too, but I just, I wouldn't invest a lot into a, a meme coin. A meme coin is just more of a crapshoot to see, uh, uh, to see what happens. And to tell you the truth, most of, uh, my positions in, uh, meme coins are, uh, are the ones that are not doing well. Doge had a, uh, had a good run for me and I cashed out and made some money on Doge, but, um, you know, got in, got out. Now, like, what can you really lean on if there's no like tokenomics or no protocol that uh, uh, that you think is the reason why this has uh, staying power? Uh, so that's kind of what you got to look at when you're uh, when you're getting into crypto. Is how how is this unique? What can it do? What can what can it do? I'm also starting to get into staking and DeFi. DeFi, in case you didn't know, is decentralized finance. And you can put your coins up uh, and have people borrow against them and earn interest on uh, on your coins while you're doing it. So I'm just starting to get into that. I'll, uh, I'll probably have more updates on the next couple episodes about how DeFi is going. I've literally just uh, dipped my toe uh, into it. and um, so, yeah, but I mean, you know, all things considered, even though we just had like a massive crash, uh, you know, it's been uh, it, it hasn't been that bad. And I'm still I'm still up in uh, both of my positions or not both of my positions, but I'm still up in my major position. I'm up overall. Uh, and, you know, they got a great uh, future of crypto, which, uh, you know, I'll have. Um, I'll have uh, a utility and uh, and a, a purpose and uh, pro uh, progression towards uh, uh, towards integrating crypto, and I have like the asset that uh, is going to be at is going to be uh, facilitating that, and I got it at pretty cheap. So you know, would you rather have that as something that has a potential to a hundred times, or just be holding on Bitcoin and watching it trade sideways? And even lately, it's not even trading. It's not even trading sideways. So maybe it goes to a hundred k. But even if it goes to a hundred k, that's like what you're doubling. You're doubling your money. You're risking so much for a potential uh, to double two or three of your of your bitcoins. <sighs> It's just, uh, yeah, you know, there's be there's better products to uh, to buy on on the market right now. And okay, let's uh, we're this is gonna be a shorter episode. I'm setting this up on I'm set sorry I'm setting this up on uh, uh, Wednesday when I'm after work. So um, that's gonna be it. We're just gonna do a quick um, uh, quick crypto update uh, and a quick. Uh, pandemic update uh, and uh, we're going to get on to the sports report right now so that was a world according to kyle podcast for the regular edition and right now we're going to get into uh the, sp the sport report so uh yeah the maple leafs um pretty bad uh <laughs> pretty bad and uh now we're at the stage where um everybody's pointing fingers and who's going to go, who's not going to go. 
I think it's tough to say. I think um, there are a couple people who stood out like uh, uh, during the series, like uh, uh, like I thought um, I thought Jack Campbell gave Toronto something to uh, look forward to going into the future. I I think like a couple of the games, like uh, he would like Freddie Anderson. I don't I think would have fared much worse. I think Jack Campbell's a solid. Uh, uh, a solid option to have that net uh, if, if they can't find anything else. I think he stood on his head for the most part, and I don't think I would blame much of uh, the loss on him. He did what he could most games to uh, to keep his team in it and made some uh, fantastic saves. You know, maybe, you know, everybody wants to overreact right now, and maybe we should just keep it together and try and fill in the pieces, try to budget as much. Like the thing with hockey is that so much of it is luck based. It, they did a study on this on a Bleacher Report, and which uh, uh, of the sports were uh, most were most reliant on luck, and which were like most skill. And basketball came up as like the most like if you have like the pieces in place, uh, like have the players and pieces uh, in place that it was the mo- most unlikely to have a uh, underdog upset the team that sh- that should be winning. And hockey is just not like that. Um, hockey has a lot to do with bounces, uh, the way the puck goes. Like, uh, and for instance, the Tavares situation where Tavares got and Muzzin got injured. Those are two very important guys. Like, Muzzin is like probably one of Toronto's best defensive players. He really sets the tone and sets the tempo for uh, for a game and how it's going to play out. And Tavares is the you know he's a guy they shelled out all that money for. And um, I think it's just overreaction city right now. And if you understand like hockey for what hockey is and. There, now, were there better ways that the Leafs could have handled it to get out of the series alive? Yes. Would they have won the Stanley Cup without Tavares and Muzzin? No. Uh, um, but that doesn't mean that the entire uh, the entire project needs to be blown up. That just means that uh, it just means that they got a bout of um, of bad luck and. Um, Maybe try to fill the pieces in where you can if there looks like to be an enticing trade that would uh, greatly benefit the team. Explore explore that. But I, like, I just uh, don't think it's uh, worthy of an overreaction. I mean, look at how many times the Capitals have had the core of their uh, roster together without any success. And then one year just, boom, random, uh, randomly won the Stanley Cup. You like that can easily that can easily happen to Toronto. But the one thing I would very much criticize them for is just when you're uh, uh, when you're in the playoffs, every little thing counts and they have they play pretty loose. Toronto plays pretty loose. They're very offensive. They're a very offensive team. But like stupid mistakes, uh, putting them into the penalty box and like you when you're. 0-0 in the third period the next penalty possibly loses the game it's like you it's an unforced error to make to to put your team in a situation 
where they have to fight off uh, fight off a two-minute power play with 10 minutes left in the game in a third period in a 0-0 game. Like, <laughs> the, for the Leafs, what, what, see, why I still think they don't have to break up their core is because the issues were uh, immaturity mostly uh, in, like, like you, if you're going to be a team, a, a dynasty, if you're going to be a team that wants to win, you cannot make these unforced errors, these uh, flipping the puck into the benches, uh, tripping into the goaltender, challenging something that clearly isn't going to get turned back and getting another penalty. It's just, I, I really hope the Leafs learn from this. I do not think it, it's blow it up time. Uh, do it. I, I still think they can win the Stanley Cup. Yes, but they need they like this is like they were getting blasted on Twitter. They were just getting torched on Twitter. This is like Atlanta Falcons level bad. Even it's even worse than the the Falcons because the Falcons at least made it to the Super Bowl and choked there. The Leafs can't even make it out of the fucking first round. Uh, so you know the Falcons should stand in awe at uh, the Leafs' ability to <laughs> to completely botch uh, things. But like I said, that has more to do with the nature of the game and hockey and the fact that it's more random. Like you see uh, if a team comes out to bang for a series, like we see Tampa Bay like, get, get upset. So you really have to, you know, have your head on a swivel and uh, come absolutely ready to ready to bang uh, every single game. Otherwise, things can things can flip things can flip fast. Like the least safe uh, lead in all the sports is a two goal lead in hockey. Leaves came back in uh, both those uh, games where they got down and they just couldn't fucking close the deal. <sighs> so. What else? What else is on in the world of sports? Uh, that was just so much of uh, uh, of the talk recently. It's, you know, it's bad when uh, uh, when American um, American uh, news uh, hosts are uh, going and commenting on like who don't give a fuck about hockey. Like Stephen A. Smith does not give a fuck about hockey. He's out there like <laughs> ripping on the leaves and, uh, and same thing with like a few other people I've seen on Twitter who are usually uh, football exclusive saying, okay, who is the college football uh, comparative for how bad, how bad the leaves are and to say, or how bad, not how bad they are, but how bad they, uh, they, they keep choking. And, Quite frankly, I don't think I really I really don't think there's any compare comparable, and it's just sad because it seems like we're we're like really wanting to just get a playoff victory, uh, and not like this isn't like a fucking us botching Stanley Cup uh, Stanley Cup appearances. We just fucking not getting out of the first round. It's embarrassing. The guys the guys need to understand like where where they are fucking up. And hopefully next year is better because, uh, you know, who wants to win this year anyways? Cause like, would you even be able to celebrate, uh, the Stanley cup, uh, in, in, uh, Toronto if it happened? I don't think so. 
save it for next year, guys, for when uh, for when we can actually go out and celebrate uh, celebrate your Stanley Cup. So if that's what they were doing, if that was the Leafs' whole uh, master plan, and then uh, then I approve. But uh, you can't figure that it was that <laughs> that uh, they that they intentionally lost a series to make sure they're uh, up and ready for next year. I'm sure all of them would have liked to get the monkey off of their collective backs by uh, winning one. But man, oh man, is it tough to be a Leafs fan? And I've only been one for a few years now. Uh, can you imagine actually uh, being a fan of, the, of this team for a while? I grew up in uh, Windsor, so I was a Detroit fan. But like, the thing is, is that you can't like bad shit. It's the same reason I'm not a Lions, or I wasn't a Lions fan all this time. I'm starting to come around. I'm starting to like some of the moves they're doing now. But you can't, I can't just openly like a team that's just so shit. <laughs> it's just it goes against uh, it goes against my uh, my nature to. Uh, cheer on, cheer a team that is just that just sucks and is going nowhere fast. Uh, I can't, I can't do that. Um, but there's there's reason to believe the Leafs can uh, can turn a corner. It just uh, they just need to they need to grow up and they need to grow up fast and they need to play together more. Um, another thing I noticed was. Uh, Matthews taking like he was double teamed uh, at like the corner of the net. And there was a guy who was like popping up wide open because of the double team wide open in the slot. And Matthews just takes a fucking random shot right into Carey Price instead of passing to his guy that's open in the slot. Like little immature things like that, that uh, like you need you like when put when push comes to shove, you can't play fast and loose with the puck. You have to make the right read. You have to make the 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 the, the proper play that uh, is going to give you the best leverage uh, at an open at an open shot. And uh, like you just have to make the right plays. You can't just oh randomly dump it behind your net and then force a uh, chase down. Like you 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 have to make sure your passes are crisp and on on the money and. Uh, don't fool around with the puck. And so I think if the Leafs can do these little things right, I know it's uh, the sky is falling and we need to sell everybody. No, I don't, I don't think that. I, I think that, but the one thing I would say, which I, this is the reason why I think that, uh, that this team is fixable is uh, that they need to grow up. They need to, they're too immature right now and they need to play together and they need to play for each other. And uh, they definitely have the talent. There's no reason why they should have lost that series, but they need they need to make it gel together. And uh, if they can make that happen, then then they will be able to compete for a Stanley Cup. Anyways, uh, this is a quick one. Uh, I'm gonna call it uh, call it a podcast. Uh, doing this in the middle of uh, work week uh, got caught up got caught up on a few things. Uh, 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 this weekend had to get vaccinated and um, uh, had a meeting uh, had over um, over zoom had a bunch of things going on so this is going to be a shorter podcast than usual just get out some crypto plays for you guys and uh, make sure uh, you're you're betting on the right things and uh, have a potential to to up your money we'll go into it a little deeper on uh, 
on the next podcast. But so those are a couple more play, plays for you. Safe Moon and HODL on top of, on top of XRP. And hopefully you followed my not financial advice and sold your Bitcoin and bought some XRP, the standard, the future uh, cryptocurrency, the future number one cryptocurrency. And I've seen nothing to that would uh, make me uh, disprove that that assertion. So uh, if you're reeling right now, if you're you know over leveraged in some uh, in some volatile more volatile cryptos. Consider uh, consider making the switch and making plays on some things that have big pop and potential. Which all those all, all those three I just listed could be could be big poppers. Uh, that's it for today. Uh, have yourself a wonderful June, and we'll see you at the end of this one. Take care.